This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I only watched about five minutes of the Super Bowl. I just, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just, uh, the only person in America, I do feel like it was daylight savings time. Like somehow I gained many, many hours, many, many hours to do other things, to be more productive. Although I really wasn't that productive. I just, uh, I don't know what it was. You know, I'm, I'm sick of these guys making that kind of money. I'm sick of them. Um, uh, yeah, the sport has lost me. The wokeness. Now, I know. I went back. I had to, actually. I watched the halftime show. I watched that Star Spangled Banner by that country guy. Um, that doesn't make up for the wokeness, okay? That doesn't make up for the wokeness craze. And the Black National Anthem. Did you know we had a Black National Anthem? Do you know what the words are? You would. You could ask 100,000 people in America. They would not be able to name three words to the Black National Anthem. But there it was, the Black National Anthem. What the hell is that? Allegedly, it's been around since like 1915, something some long time ago. Um, I'm just over it. I'm over the the crassness. I, I did see what's her name, Rihanna, dancing around on stage. Uh, you know, every year, every year it gets worse. Actually, I know there was no nudity, but it's just the the how commonplace it is. How now we don't have to be. There has to be like an exposed breast for us to get really uh, upset. There she was simulating, uh, how do I say this, uh, self-stimulation. But maybe she was just stimulating herself. You know, the whole hand at the crotch routine, which I guess has been happening ever since Madonna and to a lesser extent ever since Michael Jackson. And now I guess it's here to stay. And those guys, what are they, her concubines? What was that supposed to be? Those guys thrusting like that? What what was that supposed to be? And what with the platforms? Why can't they just bring out a marching band? Okay, why don't they bring out a marching band and let them do their thing? Um, I remember a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, it was like 30 years ago, they did that whole special tribute to Snoopy and Charlie Brown, the 50th anniversary, I think it was, of Peanuts, something that everybody can get their, their, you know, their arms around, their head around. Everybody likes Peanuts. Who doesn't like Peanuts? Now, are we that fragmented and split up? How many people above the age of 50 genuinely can say, They're Rihanna fans. I mean, genuine Rihanna fans. And if you are a genuine Rihanna fan, maybe you could break it down. What the hell is she talking about with the umbrella? Diamonds in the sky. What else? Have you looked at the messaging? What's really happening there? I know they say they've always said all kinds of nutso stuff in in their songs. Hey, you know what? You know what? Maybe we have. I'm no prude. I know I'm probably coming off like a prude. And I am no prude. Okay. I am. uh, Trust me, but, but, but there is something to be said for doing this stuff behind closed doors or late at night at the club. Instead, they bring the club to the halftime show. They bring uh, the strip bar to the halftime show. When eight-year-old kids are trying to watch that, uh, that game with their dad, what is this all about? Childhood is crazy and silly enough and, you know, just all kinds of stuff that we have to go through when we're kids. And then we're throwing this stuff in the mix, too. 
I think it's wrong. Now, it was a hell of a game. I, I guess I, I watched the I told you the last 10 minutes of it. That was pretty much something. Uh, the field goal, the delay. What's his name? Holmes? Mahomes? Mahomes? You see, I am not a football guy. I'm sorry. I'm just, I decided a long time ago. Did I ever tell you about the time that uh, my dad caught me crying when the Yankees lost? And he's like, you better straighten up. And he was totally right. I was crying. I was like 12 years old. A little bit too old to be crying when your favorite team loses. And then I learned, you know what? These guys are from all over the country. They come and go. It doesn't matter. I'm like rooting for a uniform. It's like the stupidest thing in the world. Why do people lose their minds over these games? Well, a big chunk of it is um, they bet. You're betting, right? People, you put, I've, I've, I've actually often thought about that. Maybe I should put some money on the table to get myself back into this. Um, but I didn't do it. Uh, I'm not voting and uh, I'm not uh, not betting and that's fine. All right. So, can I ask you uh, how many balloons are we dealing with? How many? Just uh, now, they're coming up all the time. Obviously, this is an overreaction because Joe Biden was, despite what the fake news said at the time, Democrats were praising him. Democrats were celebrating him. Democrats, oh, he did the right thing by waiting for that balloon to go all the way across the country to South Carolina before taking decisive action. And oh, by the way, excusing China not pointing our finger at China. I mean, if there's ever a time to point a finger at China, it's when they put a balloon over our country and it goes from Montana to South Carolina. Joe is so obviously compromised. This is what a total lack of leadership and corruption look like. I saw Joe over the weekend. You know, we had more stuff. We had the one in Alaska. Now we got another thing hanging around over Montana. Lake Huron. Lake Huron is one of the Great Lakes. Doesn't Lake Huron border on New York is that one of the – is that one? I don't know. Um, Lake Huron is one of the Great Lakes. Something tells me it's not. There's Lake Ontario. There's – anyway, some weird object was was shut down over Lake Huron. Canada uh, – hell, I just – I have a feeling it's all to show Joe Biden is a tough guy. And if you look at my Twitter, I've got a picture, and I think it says it all. i got a picture of a little kid catching a fish – a little, little kid catching a fish, and the fish, I have a big arrow, and it's it says China, it says the China balloon, and Joe is the little kid, so I put a little label around him that says Joe, and then I've got um, China is the old man, is the dad holding the fishing rod. It's all a setup. Lake Huron does not touch on New York. It's about, oh, 200 miles north of Lake Ontario at one point. Um, but it's pretty damn close. And actually, you know what? Lake Huron is adjacent to Michigan. It's adjacent to Michigan. This is this is uh, this is weird. It's very strange. Um, and Joe, listen to how he has totally avoided any kind of criticism of China. And I know we don't know that this is happening from China, but go back to the first balloon. No doubt, no doubt whatsoever, it's from China. And listen to how Joe. Just dodges dodges that question every step of the way. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. Order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water. We committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, 
We will act to protect our country, and we did. Well, there were several of these balloons that, during the, the last administration, didn't even know they were there. They didn't even do anything about them. So, uh, um, look, I just think that uh, um, the idea that there was a dereliction of duty, is, I think, is, uh, is bizarre, a bizarre notion. It's not a major breach. I mean, look. It's totally, it's a violation of international law. It's our airspace. And once it comes in our airspace, we can do what we want with it. All right. Does that sound like a guy who's particularly alarmed? The country is, but he isn't. Uh, Here he is walking out of church on Saturday night. Saturday night church? Yeah, they have that. And uh, here he is not leading, not saying anything. Cut 30, please. Cut 30. Man, they really sound desperate, but I don't blame them. Hello, we need leadership. (laughs) Say something. Say anything. Why would he want to be president? You know why he wanted to be president? To protect Hunter, to protect himself, to enrich himself for the comfort, for the perk, for the prestige. Not the opportunity to lead. That's the big difference between Trump and all of these other guys. I mean, it is so apparent to me. Uh, There's another thing that's happening It's the attempted and continued cancellation of Trump, which is bothering me more and more. I mean, it's always been out there, but now I've got friends of mine calling me and they're like, you know, we really should go with DeSantis. I mean, Trump, you know, just too much, too much, too much. And that shows that their their plan has, uh, has worked, is working, which is to demonize Trump to all day, 24-7, beat up on Trump, to portray him as a monster, uh, lately, what are they saying? His uh, the the entire Trump organization is a corrupt organization, and then that prosecutor is so mad, and the, then the prosecutor, the the real prosecutor, is still in office saying, "Don't worry, we are going to prosecute, but just not right now. We're going to prosecute. We're going to prosecute." And that lawyer, wherever he goes, gets on TV, which annoys the freaking hell out of me. Quite frankly, he has a fake news book, and they put him on the Meet the Press show. They put him on the Meet the Press show yesterday. In addition to 60 Minutes, the two biggest damn TV shows in the fake news, he gets to go on there and talk about his book, his fake news book, which is a scandal in and of itself. I'm talking about Mike Pomerantz. The name of the book is People versus Donald Trump. Um, it's funny. He correctly realized that no one is actually going to read the book. They'll buy it. It'll get purchased, but as far as anybody sitting down and actually reading it, studying it, that's not going to happen. So I read the damn thing, and throughout the entire book, he's saying what a Trump hater he is. And then he says, however, as a prosecutor, I must I, – I knew I had to put my political, my political prejudice aside. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And he hates – he found him repugnant and disgusting, his words. And he's going to be – Suddenly neutral. So you see this guy on TV enough talking about what a bad guy he is. No one is pushing back. Nobody at Fox News is pushing back, by the way. Those fair-weather friends, they're just in it for the money. They really are. You know, this book that I wrote is a truth manifesto. It's a truth manifesto. They won't talk about race over there either, I noticed. The only good guy they got is Tucker, quite frankly. Everybody else is tiptoeing around. They, they, they crave approval. 
from the New York Times, the mainstream media. They just want to, and they all want to work at CBS or they they want, they just want approval and they want to maintain their status. They don't care about anything. They don't care about the issues. They don't care about public safety. Here's a book, quite frankly, (laughs) the stuff I put in there for a normal person might be cancelable material. It might be cancelable material. You can't say that about Barack Obama. You can't say that about the criminal justice. You can't say that about black-on-black crime. Yeah, well, I did because I want to help people. I want to help police officers. I want to help young children of color. And you know what? I'm proud of my association that I work at Newsmax and WABC. But there comes a time when you write a book and you are hopefully invited by the rest of your compatriots, uh, whether it's the liberal news or the, the, the fake news or the conservative media, to talk about your ideas because the whole damn system is stacked against us. Um, but Fox News and the New York Post, by the way, talk about fair-weather friends, those jerks who have actually routinely put people's lives in danger. I'll get into that later if I can't fix the situation myself. Yes, yes, I'm grateful for the laptop story. But apart from that, the coarsening of the dialogue, always putting up some obscure, you-never-heard-of celebrity. Oh, um, Rachel Levine stuns in a bikini. I saw the picture. She isn't stunned. She looks pretty ordinary. I don't... Wow. Anyway, all that to say... I'm not going on Fox News to talk about my book, but I will tell you about it. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. Um, Hey, why don't they talk about the Memphis cops anymore? Where did that story go? Yeah, it's gone. Just like me for a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the White House is speaking right now. No evidence, no evidence that all this uh, all this balloon activity is related to UFOs. Can I turn up the volume for a moment? This is the White House. Our radar capabilities, which, as the commander of NORTHCOM and NORAD, General Van Herc, said just last night, may at least partially explain the increase in the objects that have been detected. Slow-moving objects at high altitude with a small radar cross-section are difficult to detect on radar. Even objects the size of a the Chinese spy balloon, which had a payload the size of roughly three school buses, were not picked up by previous administrations or other countries. We also know that a range of entities, including countries, companies, research and academic organizations, operate objects at these altitudes for purposes that are not nefarious at all, all right, including thank you. scientific research. You got your dig in at Trump. You got your dig in at Trump. We don't know what the hell's going on. They're keeping us in the dark. Uh, Jim Himes, the um, congressman I don't have too much regard for from Connecticut, Democrat on the Intelligence Committee, but as a Democrat, he was saying, yeah, they're they're not telling us enough information. They're keeping us in the dark. They're keeping us out of the loop. Then again, is Joe Biden in the loop? Is he really in the loop? Does he know what the hell's going on? Uh, <laughs> you wonder. You wonder. Could he take that 3 a.m. phone call? Would he be ready for the 3 a.m. phone call? All right, so we have a little bit of Rihanna from last night. Is that the case? Is that the case? All right, let me hear some of that, please.
is everybody cheering nonstop, like going crazy? Why? 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 And what's up with her and sex, by the way? I mean, take it, it's no big deal anymore. All right, got it. You're a you're a uninhibited woman. Knock yourself out. Although during the while she's writhing and the guys are simulating stuff, did she somehow announce that she has a baby? Is that what I heard? She's got ha- having a baby. Is that all right, good for her? Um, you may want to tone it down. Maybe now you tone it down and tone it down a little bit. All right. What about the black national anthem? This is a moment. Uh, black national anthem. Go ahead. Lift every voice I see till earth and Sounds more like a lame James Bond theme from one of those movies that wasn't that good. Every now and then there's a James Bond movie that stinks. Let me hear it again. No, 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 no. It does sound very much like a bad James Bond movie. Lift Every Voice and Sing is a hymn with lyrics by James Weldon Johnson, who lived from 1871 to 1938 and set to music by his brother, Jay Johnson. Uh, Written from the context of African-Americans in the late 19th century, the hymn is a prayer of thanksgiving as well as a prayer for faithfulness and freedom with imagery which evokes the biblical exodus from slavery to the freedom of the promised land. Well, that's great. Do we have to play it at the Super Bowl? Lots of songs are beautiful with a message. They're tearing this country apart, all right? And people like Roger Goodell, too scared, too scared to call it out, too scared to stop it, too scared to say this is madness, and too addicted to his money, status, and power, like so many others who are pulling the strings right now and allowing this idiocy to fester and grow, while you and me, we know better. And uh, I guess you could say we don't have... uh... All right, give me a moment, please. Thanks for nothing, uh, Goodell. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This guy at the White House really does seem like a bad game show host. Kirby, at least he got himself a better looking tie. He, he stepped right out of 1965. Um, he seems so hapless and the, the pretty reasonable question, shouldn't we be hearing from the president on all of this stuff? <laughs> Balloons, UFOs. Isn't this the moment where, you know, if you're, if you, if you're president, you kind of want to say something. Ordinary people can like, they're, 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 they're concerned and they, uh, they don't know what's going on. Um, you got the generals actually have not ruled anything out, including extraterrestrial life. I don't think it is, but uh, you know why I don't think it is? Because Buzz Aldrin told me. Buzz Aldrin, having been the man who walked on the moon along with Neil in Apollo 11, I asked him once, do you believe in extraterrestrial life? Because uh, probably, but we'll never, we'll never learn about it because they're so far away. It's impossible. It's impossible for them to get here. It's impossible for us to go there. 
And then he explained a bunch of other things like, hmm, that makes sense. Uh, Cut 29, please. This is a general who is in charge of uh, protecting America. Cut 29. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. All right. What makes that statement good, guys, by the way, is the question that's asked to him. They ask, the reporter says out loud, Hey, is this from another planet? <laughs> the question is, is this from another planet? And that's how the guy responds. Oh, I can't rule anything out at this point. <laughs> that's why. Uh, and I'm seeing all kinds of chatter about weird stuff happening in Montana. You know, cars uh, suddenly stopping, you know, the, en- the motors going off weirdly. Uh, scattered reports of, um, well, I'm not going to go into that because a little bit too flimsy at this point. Now, give me another one from this general. Cut 28, please. I am uh, not able to categorize how they stay aloft. It could be a gaseous uh, type of uh, uh, balloon inside a structure, or it could be some type of a propulsion system. But clearly, they're they're able to stay aloft. Well, um, yeah, thanks. Here's General Jack Keane. He knows that what's going on here. There's a lot of obfuscation going on, deliberately so. Cut 26, please. Cut 26. We need an explanation from the president. I mean, this is historic what has taken place here. Eisenhower was in office when NORAD was formed in 1958. And from every president up to the current one, not a single president has ever had to defend America's airspace. President Biden has done this four times, three times for America, one time for Canada. He has taken hostile action to defend our airspace. And we have yet to get explanation in detail from him and the Defense Department in terms of what has taken place. Great point, General. Where the hell are you, Joe? Is he off vacation? I notice he comes back on Mondays a lot from his weekend off. I'm nervous that. You ever see somebody come in mid-morning on Monday from a weekend? No, you come back Sunday night like a normal person. All right? Uh, <laughs> like a normal person. Go back to the White House one more time. This guy, uh, Kirby, trying to uh, pretend it's business as usual because Joe Biden isn't saying anything. Go ahead. Shot over, I mean, it was shot over Lake Huron and landed in what we believe to be the Canadian side of the lake. Um, so we were obviously in constant communication and consultation with our Canadian counterparts, and they are rightly because of where we think it splashed down. I mean, they're sort of the, the, in concert with the U.S. Coast Guard, but they are also involved in, in trying to locate the, the debris right now. But there was good communication with our Canadian allies. Signs of a foreign government taking a special interest in that object from yesterday? No. Or reacting in an unusual way? No. Thanks, uh, uh, John. Two questions. One, you mentioned early on that um, this, the, the China uh, balloon might have been giving limited additive capabilities. I assume you're uh, meaning onto their satellite surveillance. Can you specify what I mean? What exactly it's getting from a balloon that they're not getting from orbiting satellites that go over us like? With, with the caveat that we haven't fully recovered everything, though we have recovered some things from the bottom of the uh, uh, of uh, the Atlantic, the ocean, um, and we're analyzing that. But with that caveat that we don't know exactly uh, what this uh, balloon uh, was surveilling or what its capabilities. How were. about our nuclear so sites? 
And I, that is an important caveat that I'd like you to remember. Shut up with um, the word caveat. When you are at stop, a lower stop, altitude. Stop, stop, Enough, 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 enough. Lisa Murkowski, Republican, a bit of a rhino. Um, but I do believe she's passionate about defending Alaska. And here she is. She's a senator from Alaska. Been there for a long time. And um, listen to her. Listen to her. And this is somebody who's pretty cozy with Joe. Cut 10. I think that the American public deserve more than they have seen in terms of transparency about why, why this spy balloon was allowed to spend two days over our waters and over the state of Alaska, the state that is the guardian for everybody else. Um, that's right. What's her name? Sarah Palin said she could see Russia. Remember, it's a big deal. And like the general said, we have not had this. This happened four times in, in, in a week, four times in a week. And Joe Biden is suddenly trigger happy. <laughs> you let the other one go all the way across the ocean. And this time something's up. Something is very weird. Meanwhile, hey, what's up with you guys in Philadelphia? Your team. Your team wins, you guys riot. Your team loses, you guys riot. Last night, your team lost, and you guys rioted. Cut 40, please. Attention, attention. This is your second warning. Disperse, disperse, disperse. Disperse, disperse, disperse. Go home. I don't know if disperse is the most active word. How many damages? How much damage? Was there was there an arrest? I so this country guy, Chris Stapleton. Does anybody know who he is? Uh I uh, people I know and like were moved to tears by this rendition of the national anthem. Me sorry, cut thirty-three. great we liked it we liked it uh right hey marianne you're in philadelphia what was up with your uh, neighbors going so crazy last night oh i don't know i i'm a baby boomer i don't approve of that kind of behavior myself. what are you talking about you guys invented it baby boomer no. you guys were rioting like crazy in the 60s everybody no. saw that you can't you can't sweep no. that under the rug no not me i didn't i didn't get involved in none of that stuff. all right well you didn't because you're a good person not because you're a baby boomer no, I didn't do the pot and all that other drinking and all that other crazy stuff. I didn't do that. So. Well, uh, you're the exception to the rule, and I love it. Anyway, what's going on? Well, my gut feeling, Greg, and thank you for taking my call, is uh, the Chinese balloon, the one that surveilled all the, you know, all the whole U.S. of A. I think they have all the information they need now. And knocking it off, you know, blowing it out of the sky in South Carolina, 
But that's like putting on protection after the fact, okay? So because of that, they had a, these other balloons that are, they're, they're shooting down. I think that's a CYA move to cover Biden's butt, and I think Justin Trudeau is in on it because the two of them are buddies. I like the way you think, and I totally agree. I totally agree, actually. Um, this is uh, this is some sort of a scam. Now, I will say this, though. China, with that one balloon going across the country, there's only so much they can learn. There's only so much. You know, we've had these missiles for a long time. What are they going to find out? We have more missiles. We have fewer missiles. What is that balloon going to ascertain? This was a big look at what we can do and look at how ineffective your president is while we do it. And they already made that point. I see people like Chuck Schumer yesterday trying to say China was humiliated by this. I don't see that at all. I don't think anybody does, especially China. They don't feel humiliated. They just China still has very self-conscious about, you know, basically being uh, arguably in some respects a third world country. They want to be a first world country. They, for the most part, are, but they are a little bit sensitive and they want to be taken seriously. Who's taking them seriously now? Anything else, uh, Marianne? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, as a man that flew a plane, just for curiosity, what what is your favorite car to drive? Huh, interesting question. I must say I'm not, like, obsessed with cars. A lot of the guys I flew with, you know, they had these sports cars. You know what I had? I had a Honda Accord. I had a okay. Honda. I had a Honda Accord. I I have had three Honda Accords, and um, right now I uh, have a well, you know it's, it's a Mercedes SUV. I don't think this is my favorite car either because it's got too many gadgets and too many bells and whistles. I do like the BMW. I like a nice, simple five series. Not that simple. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm into. I don't like SUVs. They're too boxy, too unnecessary. I like sedans. I think my dream car, although my wife does not is not interested at all, is a Cadillac. It is a black Cadillac sedan or maybe an Audi sedan. I think they look really cool. Um, yeah, something along those lines. The thing about a Maybach, and they also look cool, although cars are kind of like planes now. They all look alike. But one thing about the Maybach is I wonder how long it would take you to get carjacked, right? I mean, it's the most – anyway, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on uh, on cars. A great question. What do you like to drive? I like I like the Dodge Charger. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. You know, my dad arranged for a bunch of those to be purchased by the NYPD. NYPD has a bunch of jo- Dodge Chargers to this day because he made it uh, – he, he acquired those things. Have you ever seen – Marianne, if you come to Philadelphia, you will see uh, – to New York – the dinkiest cars. The NYPD has some really ludicrously small cars. You know that small mm-hmm. car? It's like it's like the size of a front seat. It's basically a little more than a scooter. Uh, that was not acquired by uh, Ray Kelly. That was the, uh, the the administration that came next. The administration that brought us legalized weed. Thank you, De Blasio. Thank you, Bill Bratton. You fools. That's in my book too, by the way. Big old picture of the mayor in Bratton holding a great big bag of marijuana saying you can carry this much weed, which is like a pound, and not get arrested. Thanks a lot. Great great stuff. And, And now it's everywhere. Now construction workers are smoking dope at 10 in the morning. Great, great. Where is this going to lead? I'll be right back. 
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What happened in Brooklyn? What the hell happened in Brooklyn? A U-Haul truck uh, ran up onto a sidewalk. Eight people injured. Uh, the U-Haul driving wildly on the su- on the sidewalks and then led the cops on a high-speed chase before being arrested. Okay, this is either terrorism, drunk driving, a maniac, a nut. Uh, this looks like, ooh, this is bad. Police sources said the man driving the truck told cops he wanted to die when he was arrested. That sounds a lot like what terrorists say. He first hit at least one person riding a moped near Fifth Avenue in Bay Ridge Parkway around 11 in the morning in Bay Ridge before speeding off as cops followed. Shocking video surveillance obtained by the Post shows, I'm just giving them a hard time, uh, into the back of a moped, spinning the bike around and sending the driver to the ground before jumping a curb and plowing through bikes left on the corner of 72nd Street and 3rd Avenue. I know exactly where this is. Uh, a pedestrian can be seen diving to avoid the U-Haul as an NYPD cruiser jumps into the sidewalk in pursuit. The driver sped off down 4th Avenue and rammed into a pedestrian. Wow. At least two other moped drivers. Mo- Who the hell's driving these mopeds? Oh, I think what they mean is e-bikes. E-bikes, not mopeds. The truck then jumped on the Gowanus Expressway where cops caught up to him about 30 minutes later. And nearly three miles away at Columbia Street and Hamilton Avenue in Red Hook, the driver, a 62-year-old man with no prior arrest, was taken into custody on pending charges. The incident initially appeared random, according to the sources, who said cops were probing whether the man was homeless and living out of the truck. He had one prior run-in with the law. Hold on a second. It just went away. Um, You know what's happening right now today, which is weird. Do you remember the terrorist attack on Halloween in 2017? Probably not. Nobody does. It was barely discussed when it happened. But some maniac, terrorist, Islamic fundamentalist, nutjob, jumped into a rented truck and mowed down uh, a dozen or so people on the West Side Highway, the bike path that's over there. Killed them. Killed them. And the the uh, I think he's going to get sentenced today. He's eligible for the death penalty. You haven't heard about that happening in a while. At least not in New York. Uh, the death penalty. That's a possibility here. I remember when that happened, people were done talking about it by like the time before trick-or-treating was done. Uh, could this be tied? Is that a coincidence? He's mowing down people with a truck, with a rented truck, on the same day, six years later, that the man who mowed down people in a rented truck is being sentenced. That would be a pretty wild coincidence. I'm not buying that it's a coincidence. Are you? I hope all these people are okay. I just put the video up on my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. Uh, you can take a look at it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mike in Wayne. Hi. Greg, how are you? Um, the white outfits last night during uh, Riri's second time half show. That's what they call it, right? I guess. I don't know. They represented sperm cells, and the reason why she was dressed in red because it represented a woman's menstruation. Who told you that? I I was reading it on, all, all on the internet because she's pregnant and she's trying to refer to things, you know? Uh, if that's the case, she stole the idea from Woody Allen's uh, movie Sleeper. Remember that? They're all they are all, all dressed as little uh, sperm guys. Remember that? Yeah, Woody Allen the pervert. Yeah, exactly. Wait a yep. second. Well, he wasn't a pervert back then. Back then, we laughed at, with him. Back then, he was well, great. 
didn't he molest a young girl? Uh, actually, uh, no, uh, I don't think he did. Uh, I'm I actually, sorry, I'm sorry. His producer, some guy he knew that did his movies, did. What the hell was his name? I forget. He's from. Uh, he's not here no more. He went abroad because of it. Well, no, all the movie actors back him up. They're such hypocrites. But you're I talking about Roman Polanski. Name. I don't know what he. Uh, I, look, you're getting. You're going all over the place. I mean, I. Okay, thank you, Mike. Uh, Woody Allen famously married Soon Yi, who was adopted by his girlfriend Mia Farrow. And that was pretty controversial, but um, uh, I don't know. And she was an adult woman by the time they started hooking up. Uh, I don't know. You notice I'm not, I I don't like jumping on the bandwagon. I I know it's 30 years late. It doesn't make him uh, father of the year or boyfriend of the year. But why was she adopting all those kids? And at some point, it gets. He was not biologically, obviously, not biologically related to uh, um, Soon Yi. That was his, not even his stepdaughter, an acquaintance. And by the way, well, all right. There are a lot of people. A lot of people think about a lot of things on the internet, and a lot of it's weird. But it does. uh, It is. It is thought about, and it is a, a thing. Anyway. Uh, Woody Allen was accused of molestation by, um, I think, a young girl in his family who I you could obviously make the conclusion that it was a brutal custody battle and divorce. And when those things happen, people say anything. People say all kinds of crazy stuff. Right, Sandra? Hi. Hi, hi, Greg. How you doing? Um, I have your book here, Justice for All, and I love the title because I'm thinking about Adriana Koch, I think her last name is pronounced. She didn't get justice, but now she's starting to get justice because, you know, you know what happened to her. She was beat up by these four kids who had a previous record of being very, very disobedient. So she gets beat up. And then she goes home after seeing some texts that they wrote about her, and she she committed suicide. So the superintendent. No, I know all this. I know. I think we all do. We all read the newspaper. Uh, yeah, the superintendent blamed her, blamed the father, blamed uh, all kinds of things. And now he got fired. All right, tell me more, Sandra. Where do we? How do we advance well, the story? Well, that's justice for all. She's getting her justice, and I'm happy about that. Well, I don't know. You're happy. She's getting her justice. What are you talking about? The principal losses. Oh, come on, Sandra. Uh, right? She's getting what? He resigned because there was a lot of pressure. I he yeah. I, he said the wrong thing, and he's losing his job. This is still a horrible tragedy, and uh, you know, oh gosh, and all those those terrible those terrible people who beat her up. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Do me a favor, take the White House one more time. They're just wrapping up. Uh, By U.S. officials to have constricted his decision-making circle during the pandemic, that he was making erratic decisions, uh, and these were seen to have played out in, in what happened on the battlefield. As we approach this year anniversary, what do we observe about President Putin's decision-making now, um, the caliber of his decision-making, and also his grip on power in his own country. Has any of that changed over the course of the year? I can't speak to the way Mr. Putin gets advised and how he 
you know, who's advising him and, and All right, what they're, they're asking saying. about that because it's one year. It's one year since we've been um, <clears throat> since Russia invaded Ukraine. How about that? A year ago, uh, just about we're at the anniversary. And I remember very well that Joe Biden gave him the green light. You can go into Ukraine. No problem. I know you got to do something. You got to do something. This is a good guy. Ryan Zinke, congressman from um, out west. Cut four, please. Cut four. China is not being honest. Obviously, it's not a civilian airship. But either ours administration is not being honest with us either. When they say, well, we didn't we didn't down it because of fear for cash in the ground. That's not true. You know, we have Aleutian Chain. I've been there as a SEAL. It's one of the most isolated spots. In Montana, for instance, Petroleum County has less people in it than than our members of Congress. And so if you want to recover it, you would re, you would down it and recover it over Montana, at least, you know, through, you know, the plains of Montana rather than off the coast of, of of the Carolinas where zero visibility nearly and and their plan is to ask civilians if they see anything rolling up on shore to contact them. Come on. So it, it's, been, it's been, you know, a colossal blunder and I, and I agree that the intel that, that China got from us is we're not going to act. And look, if we can't deal with a balloon over the U.S., you know, how are we going to deal with, with more significant issues like Taiwan? Damn right. That's a good guy. Republican of Montana, Congressman Ryan Zinke. Used to be a Navy SEAL. Hmm. The Navy SEALs are always reminding you that they were Navy SEALs. <laughs> Navy SEALs are great. Just ask them. Uh, they can get a little bit carried away. Okay. High on their own supply. In a weird way, becoming a Navy SEAL, it's it, they made it too hard to become a Navy SEAL. Because once you actually become a Navy SEAL, nobody can tell you what to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's just, it's like, uh, all right, come on, guys. All right, all right, all right. Lighten up, lighten up, Francis. Um, we are really in a pickle over this thing. And we have a president who doesn't want to be president. Remember what Trump would be doing, what he did do during the pandemic. It was China's fault. And don't you forget that. China's at fault. And we have this guy openly, openly kind of defending China. Now, why would that be? Over the weekend, uh, Michael Goodwin made it pretty clear uh, because he's most likely compromised because, excuse me, Hunter went into business with uh, China. And when Hunter Biden is over there doing business, you're doing business with the Communist Party. You can pretend it's, uh, you can pretend, oh, it's just uh, this uh, this this wealthy businessman. Oh, he has no relation to, no. No, 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 Chinese Communist Party. And Joe, it looks like, is owned. Why else? Why wouldn't he speak? I know he gets himself into trouble when he does speak, but he still thinks he can. You know, he actually goes in front of the cameras and he likes to say stuff when he, but on this, he's vulnerable. He's very, very vulnerable. Um, Hey, Chuck Grassley is one of the good guys in Congress. Listen to what he has to say about the FBI. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. Other whistleblower disclosures to my office make clear that the FBI has within its uh, possession very significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter and James Biden. These disclosures also allege that Joe Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. We still aren't sure 
what's been done with this information. The FBI's track record doesn't create much faith that the information is going to be followed up on. It's clear to me that the Justice Department and the FBI are suffering from a political infection that, if it's not defeated, will cause the American people no longer to trust these storied institutions. All right. FBI, I'm sorry, but you guys ruined it. All to uh, do a favor for a Democrat, a corrupt Democrat in Joe Biden. Hey, if Rihanna last night was levitating on those platforms and now we're told that she's pregnant, what the hell was she doing levitating on those platforms? That's dangerous, dangerous for her unborn child, right? And, you know, the arrogance that she exhibited. You know, it's one thing to be a self-confident person, but another thing to strut like that. And I found it to be, I found it to be off-putting. Am I being a little bit too sensitive? Maybe. Um, we are in such, we're going backwards, folks. We're going backwards real fast. And there are very few people, because they don't want to be criticized. Oh, my goodness, holy jet, you, you said something mean about me. Oh, my boss, my, oh. Rihanna, you stink. And you represent, I think you even crystallized the decline of American society, our way of life, where we're, it's being lost that this is somehow considered entertainment now. If I want to be entertained like this, hey, and if you want to be entertained like this, go to a strip club. Free country, you can do those things. At night, late, in a certain part of town. I know Rihanna didn't take any clothes off, but it didn't matter. She was uh, gyrating, and the guys were gyrating on her. If you want to see that. And what were we watching last Sunday night? The Grammys, remember that? The transvestite jumping up and down, yelling about uh, the married father of children, the married father running out to go to this sex club and get his uh, whatever, and that somehow he's being his true, authentic self, and that's got to be applauded. And we just sit there and take it. We just sit there and take it. We sit there watching these stupid shows. Go to hell, the NFL. I want nothing to do with them. Scumbags, top to bottom, every single one of them. Including, no, I don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> All right. uh, I do feel a lot of uh, anxiety for the kicker, whoever the kicker is, because I don't think the kicker, generally speaking, gets a whole lot of credit for making the kick, but they get a whole lot of blame, obviously, for not making the kick. And what's his name there? If he did not make the kick, uh, he would have been in big trouble. Cut 35, please. Cut 35. That's it? All right, that's it. I don't know. I think the last football game I ever needed to see was that one where the Giants came back. What was that, 2009, 2010? I'm good. I'm good for now. I'm good for a long time. I want to know about the balloon. I want to know about children. I want the I want the kids to be protected from these transvestites and from this overt sexuality. I think it's way too much. And we all used to be able to agree on that. I saw that's who's the sleazy governor of New Jersey, the wimp who called his opponents white supremacists, Murphy. And he was on with some rhino from Utah. 
just two guys chilling. Hey, why can't we just get along? Why can't we agree on things? And why can't, like, we can compromise. And Chuck Todd kept on saying, you know, these Republican legislatures are targeting trans children. No, we're protecting children, period. Protecting them. 18, have at it. But you know that this has been, this is now stylized. This is now cool. This is, this is a way to achieve, this is a way where an ordinary person, let's say a man of any age, can throw on a dress, put some lipstick on, and be hailed as a hero. <laughs> you put, they'll, put you, they'll, give you, uh, they'll give you awards and talk about your courage. You haven't changed. You're still you. But you get a lot of the stuff that, you, that almost everybody wants. Almost everybody. Status, uh, prestige, sometimes power, sometimes money. Actually, a lot power. Hey, quite frankly, good thing we don't have any transgenders walking around here. Or those who are going to make a big deal out of it. Point their finger at everything and, oh, I've been slighted. Oh, this, that. Oh, 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 I got to speak my truth. Transgender, I guess, is totally welcome if you're not going to talk about your gender all the time. You know who my favorite trans... I got two. I got that woman in Connecticut, and I got uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I think she's a... I, I, like, I like her. I liked, I liked Bruce. I like her. Why? Because she does not make a big deal out of it. She's just living her life. And she waited to the age of 53 to take the plunge. She's not pushing it on kids. She ran for governor. It was the last thing she wanted to talk about, and it was the last thing she did talk about. And um, that's fine for me. <sighs> People are still saying with a straight face that it was good that Joe Biden shot the balloon down over the water. Over the water. We would have had all that debris if it landed on land. And Chuck Schumer actually thinks it's safer and softer to land on water. Softer to land on water. If you're a higher than 200 feet, the water becomes concrete. It's the same damn thing. Mary in Manhattan, welcome back. Hi, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. How are you? Fine. Greg, so um, I, I have you on the radio. I have to. Can you hear that? Hold on, hold on. Um, anyway, so a big story broke on Substack. Are you familiar with Substack? Uh, kinda. Big story broke okay, on Substack. A lot of journalists who were canceled are now on Substack, and people like Seymour Hersh, who was a Nobel Prize-winning investigative journalist. No, he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist, uh, and he's, well, he's a bit I of a— he, Nobel. All right. He's a bit of a—look, he, I don't like Seymour Hersh. I don't like him. He's a bit of a fake news guy, and he's making stuff up. It has made stuff up throughout his career, but what is he saying now? Okay, so he broke this story. Apparently his sources were CIA good guys— who are not in the deep state, who said that Navy divers, not special ops, because they would have to get Congress's permission, but Navy divers have, uh, they're the ones who uh, demolished the Nord Stream pipeline. What do you think, Jeff Oh, Craig? yeah, somebody sent me that thing. Um, I saw it myself. Look, like a lot of what uh, Seymour Hirsch writes and says, it's, um, it's unverifiable. It's it's unverifiable, and um, I don't know. Here, my brother's the one who actually sent me that. Hold on a second. Joe? What? 
would you put it past him? And, you know, this balloon could be a false flag. Isn't it a coincidence? We talk about there are no coincidences that, um, you know, like this story about the balloon, everybody's fixated on. It could very well be us. China are not nice people. Xi Ping is not a nice guy. I mean, the people of China are nice, but commie China, we don't want them spying on us, but it's easy to blame them for everything. Uh, well, they're not getting blamed for all that much. Joe Biden is defending them every time he turns right, around. All right, you're right. He's in bed with them, but but he's a he's a turncoat with everybody. He could just say, "Oh, it's China," and because this big story. Now, even if Seymour Hersh, his story doesn't hold water, it's still newsworthy because he has credentials, and nobody's covering it. The Post hasn't covered. Nobody's covering it. Why is that? Why? Are you sure it's the same Seymour Hirsch? Are we talking about the same Seymour? There yeah, are a couple. Um, yeah, well, 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 there are a couple of Seymour Hirsches walking around there. There's more than one. Uh, uh, you know, he, by the way, he, by the way, he, he did break Abu Ghraib. He did break Abu Ghraib. So he says that Navy divers. Let's see here. Seymour sure is unlikely to change narrative. All right, hold on a second. Seymour Hirsch investigation unlikely to change narrative. U.S. journalist Seymour Hersh published an investigation this week into the explosions on Nord Stream Pipeline in September last year, claiming that American divers planted explosives under three of the four pipelines during a NATO Baltic Sea exercise in the summer, detonating, detonating them remotely. Hersh also claimed Norway was complicit in the scheme. The U.S. has categorically denied the claims, which Hersh sources to unnamed insiders. Okay, there we go. Yeah. While Russia is hoping futilely that Hirsch will testify in the Duma. While Moscow is relishing this media victory, we do not expect much more damage to come as a result of the report. This is an oil blog. At this point, it is too late to sway public opinion in relation to Russia's war against Ukraine. Gosh, I don't know. Mary, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I heard rumors about it. Don't put all your eggs in the Seymour Hirsch basket, okay? Over there in the UK, the guys who write about that say that they want to take Germany out, and this is a way to do it. And anyway, but I appreciate you listening to me and letting me have my say, and I'm always listening to you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, before you go, did you watch the Super Bowl last night? No. No. No? No, I don't watch football. I should. I know. No, 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 no. You don't have to do it. And and, uh, what, what do you do for a living again? I'm a tour guide, and guess what? I'm doing a Trump tour, a Trump real estate tour. I'll invite you on it when I'm when the season comes, okay? Which is soon. You're going to go to Queens? No, it's in my brochure. It says not all sites um, mentioned, but it's his imprint. So he he was the one who started the whole thing with the air rights, like in a big way. And, yeah, over um, Tiffany, over Tiffany. Listen, about. I think you should take that tour bus and go by the houses in Queens, the one he w- went to after he came home from Jamaica Hospital. And right around the block is the one that he uh, he grew up in from four to the age of like 22. It's really something. It's something to see right there in Queens. Thank you, Mary. Have fun. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, poor Donald Trump. Poor Donald Trump. These crazy attorneys, Trump haters, swamp, going out to uh, get him, get him. This is a real scandal. This guy, Mark Pomerantz, is his name. He wrote a book, People versus Trump, and uh, he's in trouble. 
He's in big trouble. He should not have written what he wrote here. He is admitting to all kinds of bias. He is admitting uh, that they did not have a case against him, actually. He's trying to criminalize things that are not criminal. It's just amazing. And oh, by the way, he is... Have you seen this guy? He's been on TV. He's been on the 60 Minutes. He's been on... I saw him on Meet the Press yesterday. He gets an hour on this show, an hour on that show. And he's a... (laughs) is just another Trump-hating book. That's the last thing we need. And uh, here's something. Here's something. Michael Cohen. All this stuff is, a lot of it's based on Michael Cohen. And everybody knows he's a liar, including the people who work at the district attorney's office in Manhattan. They're like, we can't trust Michael Cohen. He's like, they did not understand the sense. They did not have an adequate sense of the man. I did. I do. Ever tell you about the time I spent an afternoon with Michael Cohen? No kidding. We... We walked across the Brooklyn Bridge together. The man is brain damaged. He is totally, totally delusional and whacked. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I hope uh, Alan Weisselberg is doing okay. Is he actually on Rikers Island right now? He's in jail. He's in jail because he associated with Donald Trump, because he worked and was a loyal employee to Donald Trump. Man, this guy, this this evil Mark Pomerantz sitting there at his computer, just a strange dude, can't tell if he's retired, can't tell what's going on with him. He's retired, but he desperately wants back into the game, desperately wants to make a name for himself, desperately wants to be somebody. He's sitting there at his computer on April 21st, 2021. Here's his book that they can't stop talking about in the fake news. And he's running up against brick wall after brick wall, right? This case is going nowhere. But then he has what he calls a eureka moment. This is the eureka moment, okay? On April 21st, 2021, I was working at home. I was in front of my computer as usual, struggling with documents, adding up figures, and puzzling over spreadsheets and records having to do with Alan Weisselberg's personal finances and compensation. Now, how far afield is this from from Donald Trump, right? A, a guy who works at the Trump organization, that you see, all in an effort to get Trump. Who the hell is Alan Weisselberg, and what do you care about his finances and his compensation? But upon piecing the records together, I saw that the Trump organization had been paying lots of money on Weisselberg's behalf, payments for the rent of his Manhattan apartment, his utility bills, his monthly garage charges, tuition expenses for members of his family. And what was the problem here? The eureka moment came when I realized that there were internal spreadsheets that not only tracked these expenses but, get ready, treated them as part of Weisselberg's annual compensation. Wow! What the hell does that mean? Wow. Robert Mueller couldn't, uh, didn't uh, think this was much of anything? I don't know. Mark Pomerantz found it. Did, Mark, did, did Robert Mueller not find it? This is what you do. You send a letter to the IRS saying, we think this guy owes taxes. You may want to do an audit. I used to get a clothing allowance of, what was it, like $5,000 a year, and it was taxed, which I found awfully annoying, but it was taxed. And the employer did it. I just don't think this reminds me of Ralph Cramden. Ralph Cramden, you know, when he won that, the the clock with the horse in its stomach, I mean, the, stump, the, 
The horse with its clock in its stomach from that all-night poker game. Remember that? It wasn't out to cheat the government. He made amends. You had to throw this guy in jail over that? Is your Trump hatred that intense? I'll tell you something else here. For this Pomerantz guy, nobody on his team liked him. Nobody. He was overzealous and weird. And, and he's volunteering. He hates Trump so much, he volunteered his time. And then our district attorney, which is like public, right? We agree. We pay the salaries of those guys, right? That's kind of how it's supposed to work. It's a, it's a public taxpayer-funded thing. And they bring on all these hotshot lawyers from private law firms. What? Like a, like a glorified internship program? What are you doing with all this free legal help? At one point, they actually just start looking. He says it out loud. They start looking at the Trump children because they have a side uh, consulting business. They start investigating that. Why? Nobody complained about it. Nobody, nobody sent a letter, an anonymous tip. There was no whistleblower. They just decided to go looking at that, too. And Tish James, they show her such respect. Tish James. Tish James. Our illiterate attorney general. Uh, what about her? Oh, what they did to the Trump charity. Remember he, the Trump Foundation? And they pushed this fake news narrative. And there are people to this day who believe it. Well, Donald Trump stole from a charity for a portrait of himself. Oh, Donald Trump had a... It was it was all phony. It never met. They never met. Can you believe that? Having a, a board of directors and in, in 15 years, they never had a meeting. Can you believe that? I mean, really. And I, I ask people in the charity world about this. Not having a meeting with your board of directors is a big no-no. But what if the board of directors is your mother, father, and brother, and sister? You meet all the time. You work together all the time. You don't have to have a, a special meeting where you borrow a conference room and everybody flies in from around the country. You don't have to have one of those because you, you intuitively know each other and you know what's going on. And that whole thing, how many times have you ever been to a charity where they bid on stuff? You can uh, bid on you know, Bobby Flay will come over and make you dinner. Uh, you can bid on, uh, I don't know, you go to some TV show and get to see it filmed behind the scenes. Uh, you get to have lunch with Larry David. Ooh, you can bid on this. An artist will paint your portrait. Mm, that's kind of cool. This this well-known artist will paint your portrait. Well, the Trump Foundation bid at a charity dinner. They said, "We'll buy. We'll we'll take one of those. We'll we'll make a donation." And foundations do this. Most foundations don't do their own work. They're just kind of like they just collect money and then they give it out to other charities, and that's totally fine. Gosh, they, they, they said this thing about how brokenhearted must this guy be? Trump. He just wanted to help people. Just wanted to help America. And look at what they did to him. Wow. Mark Pomerantz. wonder how that book is doing. Probably better than mine, quite frankly. He gets on the big fake news shows. 60 Minutes, Meet the Press. Nobody reads it, but it just moves the needle ever so slightly. Yeah, Trump, he can't run again. Oh, yeah, did you see that guy? He's, oh, you know, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, because you're too freaking lazy to. You won't pick up the book. You won't look at the documents. You just let them, the fake news, they'll do all the thinking for us. I am so disgusted at this point. I really am. Now, how do I, how do I square this with Alvin Bragg? 
I guess I would say that the clock, a broken clock is right twice a day. Isn't that what they say? Because Alvin Bragg has his own problems, but he's the guy who came in and said, you guys don't have a case against Trump. Put this away. You guys are crazy. Get lost. Scram. Scram! Uh, Jerry in Passaic, yeah. Hello? All right. Diane in Brooklyn, hello. Hi. Okay, this is not what I called about, but I first want to tell you real fast. What? Sunni was 16 years old. Mia Farrow was over at the, what is his name, his uh, his house. He she saw nude pictures of her, and of Sunni. And when she asked him about it, he said, "Oh, I'm I'm just trying to uh, beef up her self confidence." And that's what happened. And I'm old enough to remember that. Oh yeah, well so am I. And you got it all wrong, Diane. She was an adult woman. And you don't bring oh, you don't bring that. That was the weirdest, craziest, silliest of family arrangement I've ever seen in my life. And it was a recipe for disaster. It was a total recipe for disaster. And that's what happened. Yeah, I just I, mean, I, I just it's 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 outrageous. And you know what this guy look, I these people march to different drummers. I don't know what makes them tick. Take your beef up with Mia Farrow. What the hell is she doing with assembling that kind of family? It was very strange. You got to admit. Forget about all that. What I want to talk to you about. You said just before that uh, some uh, something was losing its energy or something, and there were other thing effects, but they were too minute to talk about. I want to hear about them. What are you talking because, about? I don't understand. What do you mean? Okay, about the balloon. You said the effects. You said that. Uh, some of the uh, an effect of, of maybe not the main balloon, but the other ones was that something lost its energy. I, I know of- I don't know anything from energy. I don't know what you're talking about. I uh, I just know that there was a one balloon that he led across the country, no questions asked. Oh, China is not a problem, and now we're shooting balloons left and right like crazy. And I think it's an effort to show that uh, that Biden is tough. But now the situation has gotten totally out of control, and nobody really knows what's going on. Hey, can I tell you something? Let me tell you something. How old is Soon Yi at this point? Oh, I have no idea. She's 52 years old. So wait a second. When was she 16? When the hell was Soon Yi 16? That would be like 1986. She was 16 in 1986. Was Woody Allen going out with Mia Farrow in 1986? Let's find out. I don't think they were, but maybe they were. Um, Uh... All right, so look, I don't know what you mean about the energy. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, you're asking me to respond to something you're vaguely aware of from... I, I, oh, my God. You said... you. What you said is that some kind of... Uh, maybe a vehicle or, or some kind of machine lost energy. But he said then there were other things that happened, but they're too minute to talk about it. You said this today. I think you mean the guy Kirby from the White House said something like that. Oh, you said it. I'm listening to your show. So, well, all right. So let's say I said it. I don't remember. But what about it? I wanted to know what those other things were because I because I hear uh, 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 talk about like uh, relating these uh, balloons or whatever to EMP attacks that they're getting us ready for or whatever. And I, I 
what you said it, man. You go back to your tape. You'll hear your. I, I, all right, all right. I don't. I'm not going to do that. And uh, I don't know. I I just can't, I can't help you on that. I'm sorry. Hold on. Oh, and 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 could I tell you about something I heard on a radio show? No, I got to go, Diane. Thank you. Uh, now it's Barbara's turn to talk. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Fine. I found good, her most good. distressing. She really, a very distressing phone call. Yeah, I just listened to the phone call. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> so much of what you're saying, talking about today, which is the reality in our nation, is distressing. The um, things we are rewarding that you're talking about, um, how different can you be? How weird can you be? How unusual can you be? You know, how anti-establishment, how anti-Western civilization can you be? We reward people for that. We no longer reward them for merit. We no longer reward them for accomplishment. And our country was founded on accomplishment. It was founded on the rights of individuals to have the freedom to accomplish anything that they work for. And the harder they work, we are a meritocracy. The more that they receive for the work that they do, and we are turning that on its head, and we're heading ourselves into this downward spiral of accomplishment, of investment, of value in our daily lives. And you lay that out here. You laid it out in your book where you talk about every, every company now has people who their, their specific job is to make sure that people are not promoted and advanced based on merit, that it's based on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And yeah. that's so true. That's so true. But if I can keep babbling, I have hope because I see more and more states, and Florida now is the latest one, that are making it possible for parents to choose the schools for their children by having savings accounts for each child. That's been proposed in Florida. They expect it to pass. So that if I want to pull my child out of the government school and put them in a private academy, put them in a faith-based school, I can do that. The dollars will follow my child, and they will not go to, to enhance the power that the government schools have over all of our children, because that's where we have to call it a stop. We have to call an end to this. Yeah, it sounds kind of, you know, gosh, such... I wish it were so simple. You know, we just want to raise our kids, send them to school, a regular school, you know, a school, oh, goodness, that promotes goodness. Look at what do you what do you say? Oh, gosh, got to take them out of here and roll them there. How many forms are you going to have to fill out to get the money? It just sounds like such a pain in the neck. Look, I know we got to do it, but, man, so, these things used to be easy, right? This thing used to be automatic. It used to be automatic. I think it's not automatic anymore. But we have to do it. We do so many things for our children. You with your little girls, you will do anything to get them the best education in the values that are you and your wife's values. You're not going to send them off to a school, wherever it may be, that's going to teach them a different set of values. And it's actually going to turn them against you and your wife and your values. So it may be hard, but we've done harder things. We can do that. Mm. And you know what? When I think of the hard things we have to do, I think of the greatest generation that came before us. Now, the generations after, we're not the greatest generation. What would you, Greg Kelly, what would you call 
the generations that followed the greatest generation. Well, look, uh, all right, here's the thing. I got to take a step back because uh, that greatest generation thing, uh, it's always kind of gotten under my skin a little bit. I, 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 forgive me. I, everything you say is totally on point. All right. It is. But the greatest generation is like a, a, a bit of a gimmick that Tom Brokaw came up with to sell books. And it was also a gimmick that he came up with to make himself feel better about not serving in Vietnam. Like, you know, oh, yeah, like the, 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 that war was somehow beneath him or whatever. I, I, I just I'm sorry that oh, I had me right up until greatest generation. Because they were, I'm glad that they, you know, tell my dad that, you know, I heard this from Colin Powell once, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he volunteered to defend his country and, you know, he, he comes back and he, he's kicking ass in the military and he makes four-star general and all he's hearing about all the time is this greatest generation. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I Do you understand? I, I'm, I'm speaking from my, those who served in my dad's time frame I believe this greatest generation thing kind of rubbed them the wrong way, and I understand that. But we do seem very, very lost right now, and it definitely was a preferable time, maybe even to be alive, right? Well, you know what? The people of the greatest generation, like my father and my uncles, they would not have wanted anyone to hold them up to huge accolades because they were modest and they were grateful, and they were willing to go out and do what they had to do. Today's generations are not so willing to do what they have to do. And well, we're not never- asking them. We're not asking them to do much of anything. That's part of the problem. I mean, and let's face it: every generation thinks that the generation that comes after stinks, right? It, yes, yes. But let me tell you this: um, if you look at, for example, how objective can we be in measuring one generation against another? Well, we can do it by um, standardized testing, for example. And it's interesting and appalling that the standardized test scores for the SATs and the PSATs and the National Merit Scholarship Exam that students have been taking in high school forever, those scores started to decline in the 60s. The year after I graduated from high school, they started to go down. I don't take personal responsibility for that, but who knows? But they started to go down. <laughs> All right, listen, I got I got We're up against the commercial. It's fabulous. You're so smart. And uh, call back tomorrow. I mean, Bill O'Reilly says Elvis Presley had a big hand in all of this, and I don't disagree. To be continued, Barbara, thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, Lady Gaga's father is on TV, and he's upset about New York being so dirty. Okay, he wants it to be cleaned up. Uh, Lady Gaga could use some cleaning up, too, quite frankly. I saw a performance where somebody vomited on her, and that was part of the performance. Part of the performance was having a young performer uh, pretend vomit, and they actually had the vomit. All right, let's clean that up. All right, let's uh, start start at home, uh, Pops. John is there. Before I go, uh, Massapequa, hi. Uh, yeah, you calling about the book signing? Yes. Uh, the next one. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to. Uh, 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 where the hell is it? Uh, it's going to be in Ronkonkoma on Saturday at that warehouse. You hear about that place? No. 
yeah, it's it's at the warehouse. I will get information. It's at a it's a I got God where I don't have it. If you Google it, you'll it'll come up. All right, John. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, man. Uh, uh, all right. I got to talk to very quickly. Yeah. yeah what? Kevin, when I see the book, refer the book. Can I have a minute to uh, talk to you about some uh, VA business that'll help veterans? Sure. Okay, I'm a Marine Corps first recon, first one to Semper Fi. Absolutely, Semper Fi. So I'm going to see you on Saturday, okay? Yes. What right. time? What time is it? I don't know exactly. It's available okay. online, and if it's not, call me back. But I think it's all online. All right, thanks, pal. Oh yeah, uh, I like Lady Gaga's dad. I've heard good things about him over the years. But uh, he slams filthy New York City. Yeah, it is dirty. I'm sorry, but I saw that. I saw Lady Gaga getting vomited upon. It didn't seem very respectful of her and also didn't seem very respectful of the young performer. Very attractive uh, uh, young woman comes out and all dressed up and she's sticking fingers down her throat. Sticking fingers down her throat. Now, is this something about bulimia? Is this something to talk about the uh, people struggling with bulimia? I guess everything means something in this stuff, but uh, I didn't need that. I didn't need that at all. I don't need Rihanna at all. I don't need so much of our pop culture. I want it all gone, quite frankly. Uh, Josh Hawley is right. Keep kids off of social media before the age of 16. Uh, It's also warping and screwing up adults, adults of all ages, people I know well, addicted to this nonsense and they're not good at it either all right thanks i'll see you tonight on newsmax at uh, 10